0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to LocalJobNetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, where we discuss tips and advice for making the most of your job search. Today, we're focusing on the resume and specifically the parts of your resume that may no longer be relevant. Joining me today is Kristen Scarth. Kristen is the Career Services Manager for Employment Boost, which is a top professional resume company. Thanks for joining me today, Kristen. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Jenna. And also joining us today is Dennis Theodoro, the Director of Executive Recruiting for Employment Boost's sister company, JMJ Philip Executive Search. Thanks for joining the conversation, Dennis. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into the resume mistakes that people are probably going to want to avoid in 2015, could you briefly describe how this data was compiled? So
1: data was filed a review of more than 20,000 resumes in 2014 across all of JMJ recruiting companies and employment booths. We've also gathered information from our customers, hiring managers, and pretty much anyone who is involved in the hiring process, including HR personnel.
0: I wanted to discuss each of the five mistakes that we are going to focus on today. And the first one is including an objective. So for those listeners who maybe aren't aware or maybe they only have a vague idea, could you describe what a resume objective is?
1: To be honest, an objective statement is something that just should never be used. It's a running joke pretty much with hiring managers, HR personnel, and recruiters. An objective statement is saying that you want a job with my company, which I already know that if you're applying.
0: Mm -hmm. So why would you say that an objective is probably no longer relevant on a resume, specifically as we're moving into 2015.
1: To be honest, I don't think that an objective statement was ever relevant. Mm -hmm. If we could go back in time and kind of find out where it came from, that would be nice. I'm not sure if it started with a Microsoft template or where it came from or who came up with it, but it's definitely not something that's working today, and I would advise against using it.
0: So for job seekers who are putting together their resume or maybe they're revising their resume, what would you say they should replace the objective with? And what are maybe some tips for writing this section?
1: The objective should be replaced with a three to four sentence professional or executive summary that gives the employer an overview of your career history and your accomplishments. The summary is kind of your opportunity to brag about why you'd be a great fit for the organization, and what you have to offer. It should either make the reader want to read more about your resume or pick up the phone and call you. You should have a title on the professional summary stating your position title or the position title that you want to apply for, and then describing exactly why you're a good fit for that role.
0: So then would you specifically want to name the company that you're applying for in that new section?
1: You're not going to want to name the company, but you're going to want to put the job title. So if you were applying for a human resources manager, you're going to want to put human resources manager with X amount of experience in A, B, and C. And then kind of go on from there and tell the reader why you're a good fit for that position, what skills you have that make you a good fit.
0: So then the next step that we want to make sure we're avoiding as far as writing your resume, and this is actually one that we do get a lot of questions on from our job seekers, is the length of the resume. And you want to avoid writing an excessively long resume. So why would you say that a long resume could be detrimental to your job search?
2: I believe writing a long resume, it's, it's a little bit too hard to distinguish what the candidate may be good at. If we're scanning a resume and we have to look through four pages of information. It's harder to pick out the relevant information that we would need to pass on that candidate to the hiring manager. Also, a lot of times, longer resumes may signify either job hopping or may tell a hiring manager how many years they've been in the workforce.
0: And I think those are great tips for our listeners, especially as they're mature workers and they're having more experience and you want to make sure that you're putting the most relevant information on your resume. Now, each situation is going to be unique, but in general, how long should a resume be?
1: In an ideal world, a one-page resume would be great, Mm -hmm. but an average person in their 20s to 30s who doesn't have a ton of experience or someone who does the same type of work day in and day out, those are the types of individuals that do want to consider the one-page functional resume. However, an executive at a Fortune 500 company or somebody with an academic CV, those tend to be longer, but for the bulk of the market, a one- to two-page well-written resume will increase your chances of getting a callback or an interview. You should try to keep in mind, though, that the average person reads about 200 words per minute, so you should have no more than 400 words per page. And if you want somebody to read word-for-word your 800-word resume... It'll take them roughly four minutes, so you have to keep that in mind when writing your resume.
2: Especially when you
1: have hiring managers
2: or HR personnel, maybe they put an ad out there and they have 100 to 200 resumes coming in, and those resumes are three, four, five pages long. Mm -hmm. Hiring managers don't have the time to cipher through all those pages. They want the relevant information right in front of them.
0: So that kind of ties into the next mistake that you want to avoid on your resume, and that's including job experiences that are from 10 or more years in the past. So why would you say that jobs from 11 or so years ago are usually not relevant on your resume?
1: Well, it's kind of on a case-by-case basis, but Mm -hmm. generally speaking, how many things happening in 2000 are still relevant today? For example, we didn't have Facebook or Twitter, and we were just coming off the Windows 98 Millennium Edition. There was no such thing as an iPhone back then. So looking at how much the world has changed in such a short period of time, while we do think that there may be skills that you acquired before 2000 that may transfer over, how much of what you did in the late 90s is still usable today?
2: Also, a lot of times, from a recruiter's perspective, when we get approached with clients and we go over the job description, how often do you see the job description, say, we want 15, 20 plus years of experience? Mm. Pretty much never. We talk a lot about ageism and the point of the resume is to market yourself, to get into that interview and explain your relevant history and, and job career. We want you to succeed as much as possible and have that opportunity to at least get that initial interview.
0: So let's say that a job seeker does have some relevant experience that is older than 10 years. Can they still incorporate that in their resume? And if they can, what is one of the best ways that they can do that?
1: Yeah, so if they want to incorporate that information, if it's going to be applicable to the position that they're applying for, They might wanna consider putting their information into a functional or a hybrid layout. With this type of resume, you would have a summary at the top followed by your crossover skills and accomplishments, and then you can put a chronological history after that. What's nice about the functional layout is that it's great because it doesn't force you to tie your experience to one particular job. Another option would be to incorporate some of that information into your professional or, or executive summary.
0: All right. And then the next mistake that I wanted to go over was listing your job duties and your responsibilities on the resume. So, of course, this is a common thing that most people do. But why would you say that listing just your job duties and your responsibilities is maybe no longer a relevant way to express your fit for the position?
2: For example, I know you worked at XYZ Company as a customer service manager. So let me guess, you were responsible for managing customer service. The hiring managers almost take it personally when you list your job responsibilities on the resume, as if they didn't know already what the position would entail. Mm-hmm. If you have the title of the job you're applying for, then you already have a good chance of getting the position or getting the interview. But what did you do while you were there is what is relevant. Did you convert more people to sales? Tell the hiring manager what you did, unless it is a duty that is outside the normal scope of responsibilities. Let's talk about the results of your work. If you can't quantify what you did, how will you convince a hiring manager to hire you?
0: So it sounds like communicating your results is probably the most important thing. Would you say that there's any other factors that you can include in your resume that will make these sections more engaging?
1: Yeah, well, everyone wants numbers. So if you can increase sales 25%, we would suggest putting it on there. Or if you can save, The company money, you should quantify it by showing the results of your work. If your resume has numbers on it, it's more likely to catch the reader's eye. And if you want to engage somebody, you can also bold some of the terms to show how you had an impact and put a number in there when you can because it will be far more engaging.
2: And if for some reason that you don't have that quantifiable data, tell me what you did. What value did you bring during that position? That's what the company wants to know.
0: And then the final mistake that I wanted to discuss was adding unnecessary distractions to your resume. And you had suggested photos or maybe links could be distracting. So addressing the first one in particular, in most cases, why would you say that a job seeker should avoid including a photo of themselves?
2: I would say in general, human beings are extremely judgmental. Whether you're young, old, overweight, or thin, there's someone out there that will find some sort of reason to disqualify you. I'm not saying that everyone is that way, but you should keep that in mind and out of your resume. So let's focus really what's relevant and important. Make your resume about your education, experience, and what you can do for that company. I would say it's far too easy to have biases be judgmental. Speaking again from a recruiter's perspective or even from a hiring manager's perspective, I want to know what the candidate accomplish? Why waste that prime real estate with a picture? What can you bring to the table?
0: And then also including links on the resume could be an unnecessary distraction, but what about links to maybe the person's professional social media site such as LinkedIn or maybe a link to a personal website that shows their work and their skills? Should they still be avoiding these as well?
1: you put all this effort into creating a great resume. And then when you put a link on it, it's going to take me somewhere off of your resume and distract me. So a lot of times what we find is that the link on resumes take you to a LinkedIn page, for example, that's not built out correctly. Hmm. Or I've even seen it where the dates don't match up, or there's extra positions on it, or there's positions that are left out. So My opinion, unless the link adds value, don't distract your reader. Don't have them take their eye off the prize.
0: So it sounds like as long as you are keeping those links updated and relevant, then they could add value. But if not, it would be better to just keep the recruiter's focus on the resume.
2: Definitely. And I would also include, again, when we're working with candidates and we have an opportunity to check their LinkedIn page. And a lot of times if a hiring manager is interested in, they're going to most likely check your LinkedIn page. You want to avoid any opportunity where there's inconsistencies, just like Kristen said. We do a lot of recruiting as well, not only just from the resume, but we'll go through the LinkedIn page. And if you direct me to the LinkedIn page, most of the time on the right-hand side, it's going to lead me to people that you're connected with mm. that have similar job titles or people that do have similar job titles. So for example, if I'm working with a marketing manager for a hotel company, on the right-hand side of their LinkedIn page are going to be other marketing managers from different chains of hotels, whether it's Four Seasons or Marriott. So what what am I going to do? I'm probably going to go click on them as well. And you're already distracting me from your own personal resume. Mm. And maybe even have me forgotten about your resume.
0: Yeah, so you could actually be hurting yourself by pointing the recruiter to people who are maybe competing with you for this job. Exactly. And one other question that I had that we at thelocaljobnetwork.com come across often with our job seekers is whether or not they should still include their physical address on the resume, especially with people telecommuting, people willing to relocate to new cities. Is it still relevant to include your physical address and could it hurt you at all if you don't include it on your resume? Yeah,
1: generally speaking, this will irritate a company if you, if you don't put it on there because they'll think that you have something to hide. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation is if you want to relocate, you should address that in the cover letter or if you're telecommuting, you can always address that in the resume and say that you're telecommuting if you hide your address, they'll most likely think that you're trying to hide something from them and and they won't like that.
2: Yeah. And and typically when we're working with candidates and trying to move them forward with getting their information submitted, if they don't have an address on their resume, a lot of times clients uh, won't even give them a second look. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, hiring managers don't have time for that.
0: Right. So that's a good thing for our listeners to know. So it seems like resume rules are kind of always changing and shifting. How would you say that job seekers can keep up with the latest standards? Where can they go as far as researching what, what they should be doing with their resumes? Resumes
1: really haven't changed as much as people think that they have. I would say in the early to mid-2000s that what we read and how we were reading started changing. We kind of went away from reading the four-page resumes to now a one- to two-page We're kind of in in an extremely fast-paced world, and nobody has time for the four-page resume anymore. One thing that is great is that there are so many resources out there that all the mistakes that you're making on your resume, they can be avoided. You just need to do some research and kind of stay up to date on the latest trends. Looking on the internet, you can find a lot of information. There's a lot of free knowledge out there to avoid some of this really bad stuff. And if you're not getting the results that you're looking for, that's when you could contact a firm like ours. And that's when we would certainly help you out.
0: So as we get close to the end of the show here, I wanted to give you the floor for the last minute or so Just to offer any final words of advice, maybe it's something you had mentioned earlier or something we didn't get a chance to cover, but what would be your final advice for job seekers who are working on either creating their resume or kind of revamping a resume that they already have?
2: I would emphasize the importance of a well-written resume. You're trying to market yourself. You're trying to advance your career. You're trying to get that next promotion within your company. A well-written resume is extremely important. I would advise to read through it thoroughly. No spelling mistakes, no grammar mistakes. Make sure that your dates are correct. Make sure that you're not coming across like you're hiding anything. Be as transparent, especially when you're working with hiring managers or even recruiters. I just think a lot of times... Resumes are, are just not taken seriously, and hiring managers will disqualify you pretty quickly. If, if you're an executive and you have a spelling mistake or indentation mistake, they're going to disqualify you pretty quickly.
0: And there you have it. You've been listening to Kristen Scarth and Dennis Theodoro discuss the top resume mistakes to avoid in 2015. I want to thank you both for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with me today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Jenna.
0: And for the listeners, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, wishing you the best of luck with your job search.